Hey, it's English Teacher John's Adventure Pod English, number three. On this video, I say that it's episode number two, but it's actually number three. This is the audio track, and the video is on our website at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Adventure Pods number one and three are videos. And Adventure Pod number two is only audio. Okay, I hope you enjoy Adventure Pod English number three. This is English Teacher John's Adventure Pod English number two. Today is today is Saturday, mm. April eighth, and we have a special guest today, my good friend Che, and we're going to learn a little bit about Che today. So let's try to listen to Che's uh, about some information about Che's life, and hopefully we can learn some English today. Welcome to the show, Che. Thank you very much. Yeah, very Thank nice you. to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for dropping by. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so um, tell us about yourself. Uh, where are you from? What do you like to do? And all that kind of stuff. Well, I was born in California, Northern California, near San Francisco. And I studied communications in Los Angeles. Mm. And, and we're communicating now. So. Exactly. So it fits right <laughs> in, doesn't it? Simple as that. Um, did a few odd jobs before I began on my wanders, doing some snowboarding, um, working on snow fields and um, whitewater rafting in Colorado, and I spent a number of years. Sounds more like than... some nice adventures right there, huh? <laughs> snowboarding and rafting, wow, I'm jealous. Yes? Spent more than 10 years traveling around the planet. Ten years. Ten years. Yeah, more than ten, ten months. No, no, no. Ten years. Ten more than years ten traveling years. around. Yes, yes. So, uh, tell me, I know um, Che has been a friend of mine for a few years, so I'm going to extract some information from him. Tell us about recently. Where have you been? Uh, we are here in Matsumoto, Japan. Um, where have you been in the last couple of years? Well, in the last couple of years, my travels have slowed down immensely. Mm. I've actually spent the last two years just right here in Japan, um, in Yokohama. Yokohama, which is just... Yeah, is it a part of Tokyo? Yeah, it's very, very close to Tokyo, actually. Mm. Okay. It's actually the second, the second biggest city in Japan after Tokyo. After Tokyo. And how far is it from Yokohama to Tokyo? Um, it's adjacent to Tokyo, really. So, say, 30 minutes by train. 30 minutes. So let's put a little map showing Tokyo and Yokohama right... Here. There. See that? There it is. Right there. There it is. Yeah, there it is. There. <laughs> uh, I have never been to Yokohama, but I've been to Tokyo, and uh, I hear Yokohama is a nice place. Uh -huh. So, uh, have you enjoyed living there? What have you been doing there? Um, I've been teaching English, and mm. I spent the first year teaching small children, age mm. from 4 to about 15, English there, and I spent the last year doing mostly with college students and uh, 
uh, young professionals and some uh, retired people that are just interested in improving their English. Wow, and do you prefer younger, do you prefer kids or middle-aged or high school students? What, what do you like? I think it's all fun, you know. You it's get, all fun. <laughs> you get a, it's a very <laughs> diplomatic answer. I like everything, right? <laughs> uh, the kids can take a lot of energy out of you. Yes, um, I also teach kids, I know, you know that. A lot of uh, running around the classrooms, a lot of games. So, yeah, the kids can be... Uh, quite energetic, but they keep you very young at heart. Mm, yeah. And the discussions with the, the older classmates have been really, really uh, interesting to learn more about Japan and its history and culture. Mm. Um, uh, are, you, uh, are you teaching in a high school or are you in some, what kind of environment do you teach in? Right now I'm in a language studio, it's actually an international language studio where they're teaching Korean, French, Italian, and also English, and the classes are filled with about mm, three to five students. Mm, small. Normally, yeah, it's a small setting. Small I think classes. it's probably best. Mm. Now, how long does it take you to prepare for a class, Jay? When you're laying out activities for your students, how long to put together a, a lesson plan? Well, I structured the kids... A curriculum at the language institute that I was working at and we're working for it from a textbook called Magic Time and mm. along with working with the test, uh, textbooks um, there's uh, numerous types of games that we throw mm. in to keep the kids uh, interested in the lesson as well. Preparation time? Ah, it differs from, mm. uh, from day to day. If depending on how much energy and how much I actually did the night before. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> how much you were out partying the night before. Uh, so what, what are your, um, uh, in two years of experience here, and, uh, what, what are your comments about Japanese students? What, what kinds of adjectives could you use? Uh, studious or uh, lazy? What, how would you view Japanese students? I mean, it's... I guess it's difficult not to generalize in this type of uh, setting. I mean, the the word that comes to mind first and is probably most stereotypical is shy. shy. I think people yeah. are very conscious of not wanting to make mistakes. Hmm. But as we all know, in order to improve, in order to learn, we have to make mistakes. And so getting people comfortable to be able to speak freely is... Hesitant big, to speak yeah, out. Hesitant. This is the biggest challenge as a teacher, yeah. I think, and and for students as well to, yeah, not be scared, to just um, be free and speak. That's the only way we're going to learn. Mm. Good advice. Just go out and try it. It's the way to learn it. Uh, uh, so do you think the kids or the uh, the high school age kids or the, the middle the older adults adults who's who's shyer who seems to be quieter I think um, the middle age middle age students somewhere around 16 17 years old they're very mm. conscious of sort of being cool, I think, and not wanting to make mm -hmm. mistakes, yeah, so they really close off, yeah. really close off, and mm, with it, it happens with adults as well, I mean, it's it's very hit and miss, sometimes mm. we get people that are very, uh, very outgoing, and sometimes we'll get people that are very uh, introverted, let's mm. say. 
and you, you yourself, uh, you can speak uh, some language, a little bit, besides English. Yeah, you I speak Spanish, some Spanish, and uh, a bit of Japanese. A bit of Japanese? Yeah. Oh, great. So, um, let's see, Japanese students are shy, uh, which I found, I found that the, the younger kids are not so shy, they'll run around and if you teach them some songs and things, they kind of remember the songs and they shout them out, but like you, your experience, uh, at some age, junior high school, high school, they really start to, they're very self-conscious about what they're saying and, uh, uh, Boys and girls, they don't want to embarrass themselves, it mm. seems like. Yeah, something like that. And mm. I think it's, it's really important to put children in this kind of environment at an early age because, of course, children are like sponges, yeah? They're just soaking up the information. Right. So any exposure they have towards English is going to help them later mm. on. And it sort of them being with a uh, guy Kokujin early on is going mm. to demystify kind of that association, and maybe later, when they're older, they'll feel more comfortable in the presence of a foreigner. Yeah. Um, and you, relative to, you've taught students in some other countries. Uh, mm, where, I, what other places have you taught in? Uh, I first taught in Taipei, Taiwan, mm. and that was, again, mostly with kids. Uh, a mm. good experience, just a couple months there, but it was with... Um, it's kind of in an artistic setting, setting up the theatrical productions, and yeah, it was a really rewarding thing to have a mm -hmm. parents' night and see the kids do a bit of a play that I produced, and all the parents were out there watching, and I didn't yeah. know that about you. Yeah. <laughs> I know many things about him. I didn't know he was doing theatrical English in Taiwan. Yeah, Sounds so that was something that was something different. So they've got to be out using English because mm. they're doing a, a stage production. Mm. They can't really hide behind their desk in that setting. Exactly. Yeah. So that was fun. And I spent a couple months in Chunju, Korea, which is a few hours mm. north of Seoul. And that was working at a university and also Language Institute and mostly college students, which was which was great because they wanted to uh, to do things, extracurricular activities mm. outside the classroom, so a lot of coffee shops, bowling, parks and such. That's what I like kind of, I like doing some of that stuff with students. Get uh, become yeah, something other than just a teacher in a classroom. Meet them, see them in the park, do some activities with them. Yeah, yeah. At first we're human beings and second we have another relationship whether it's brother, sister or teacher, student, whatever. Exactly. And you you see more of a uh, slang or colloquial type of English outside the classroom mm, right. and a lot of free expressions are thrown around. So it's it's real. It's real life English whereas sometimes classroom can be a bit um, yeah, formatted and a bit bland. Right. Uh, so uh, Tokyo. When I when I think of Tokyo, you know you know what I do? I go I do not like big cities and big, modern, fast-paced cities. I don't know if I could live in Tokyo. I view it as a crazy place. I, I go down there occasionally, uh, once a year maybe. To, I've, uh, I've been in Japan just over two years, and I think I've been there three times. And it, it, to me, it's a crazy place. I don't know. How, how do you find Tokyo life, and w what do you think about that? Have you enjoyed it? Uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it very much. Yeah, it's been... Uh a fascinating experience and of course on first impressions in Tokyo it's a bit overwhelming mm -hmm. in the bright lights and 
people everywhere. So and the, many people, the met, exactly. And the subway and uh, the yeah. big uh, neon uh, signboards, signboards. It can be daunting. You can feel very small and very, as many big cities can be very lonely if you're on your own walking through them. But with time, you get more comfortable. You get to know which way to go to certain places, how to use the trains are, are very, very important because the train system is so, so incredibly good. Yeah, it'll take you anywhere. And this is a, a great convenience about living in Tokyo. What, what, what are some of the best things you've done in Tokyo? What, 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 let, let's, should we do the best and the worst? <laughs> Don't you hate that? This is the best, this is the worst. But uh, give our listeners, they might be interested in Tokyo, what, what are some of the good things to do in Tokyo? Um... Well, I spend a lot of time going out to nightclubs this time mm -hmm. around. Um, during my travels, I lot, through the years, I've spent a lot of time in rural communities with more trying to understand the traditional beliefs and values and mm -hmm. everyday living in very small towns and such. So this experience in Tokyo is quite the contrast, quite the opposite mm -hmm. or polar extreme from all that. So. A lot of uh, a lot of going out dancing, a lot of music events. Um, uh, Are Japanese good dancers? I think they're very good dancers. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're and they're 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 very alive. I think the the club scene in Tokyo is ripe. I think it's 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 exciting and uh, mm -hmm. people are having fun. You're good. I the Japanese society. You see uh, during the day, people just really kind of into this. Everybody doing the same and very vanilla, very bland. So I, I don't go out. I, I've been to a few pubs, but I've not been to Tokyo clubs. So I would imagine that this is the chance for them to just break out of this kind of Japanese, a little bit kind of mechanized, uh, what some might say robotic kind of existence, and then they break out into the clubs. Is it kind of like that? Yeah, I would say so. You go on the trains and people are very much in, around the cities and through Tokyo and people you would say are living in sort of glass bubbles it's very hard to break into their world mm. people are staying to themselves maybe it's not so much unlike other big cities mm -hmm. people are very wary of others uh, very conscious cautious of others um, but yeah in the nightclubs people are mm. outgoing people are talking and uh, yeah it's 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 a way where you can meet more people mm. Mm -hmm. uh, what what uh, what kind of music is popular in Tokyo I think hip-hop is like the, the mm. music of the day, people are, um, but you have tr you have trance, you have uh, house, you have break beats. Mm. Mm. 60s rock and roll? That's what I like. 60s, 60s rock. and 70s rock and roll, I don't listen to anything later than that. <laughs> How, do, you, do you hear you, any of that? I don't, <laughs> My stuff? sorry to say, I don't know of many places that actually do that. I think, um, I think you, uh, we might have to little bit of a time machine for John and like put him back into that uh, into that zone. There is a place though that come on, but some of the classics that's Eric looking Clapton. at seventies and eighties um, mm. called mm. Castillos, which is doing that. And that's a that's a fun a fun thing. Very mm. retro. Oh, you kind of remember of. some of the those past days. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, tell us what, how about the weirdness of Tokyo. Weirdness. Any kind of like really weird stuff. Now let, let's. This is a family show, so let's keep it clean. Uh, what, what kind of weirdness have you discovered? Things that were just like, what are they doing? I think uh, a fun thing to do if you get out to Tokyo's on Sundays to go out to uh, Yoyogi Park. 
So get out at uh, Harajuku, have a look look around, and you'll see um, the girls dressed up in the Gothic clothing mm -hmm. and sort of milling around near near the station there. And a lot of people are taking pictures. I mean, so they're in some kind of costume, kind of like a like yeah, maybe a Lolita meets. Dracula type of look, you know, it's very kind of dark, cutesy, mm -hmm. girly, sexy thing that they're trying to do, and it's something that you don't see anywhere else in the world. It's something quite unique. So, and so original it's, it's here clothes, in Japan. It's clothes and makeup. Yeah. It's a whole. It's a whole makeover. Yeah, whole makeover. It's a, 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 once again a way for a society which is very sort of. Controlled in mostly Conformity everyday conform right. everyday existence, but on these special occasions on Sunday, the mm. school kids get a chance to basically show their their inner personality, express themselves, which is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's great. So is it is it this just this one spot where they do that, or do you see them walking around? Uh, you know, I don't see it around so often, uh, this kind of look. It's mo predominantly in this area, but th throughout Japan you see a lot of people um, practicing dance routines. So there's a lot of people doing sort of this old break-dancing break type of mm. moves and choreographed routines, and that's something that you'll see at different stations. Yeah, that uh, I like to watch. One that's stationed that stands out is Mizunokuchi, so that's a place you might see them at night, groups of... Of guys doing these dance routines, which is quite interesting. Uh, another um, another wild thing is um, these rockabillies, which also come out on Sunday, which are kind of a throwback to your time. Fifties, kind actually of not that much older than Jay. Kind of a fifties kind of thing where they're going around, sort of dancing in a big circle in their leather garb. I was not born in the fifties. So I was born in the early sixties, nineteen sixty-two. That's what he'd like you to believe. <laughs> So, Che, about Tokyo, this is in uh, interesting. I, I hope the listeners and the viewers are, are enjoying this. I'm certainly enjoying it. Uh, give, us, uh, give us a couple adjectives. Uh, two years in Tokyo, these things you've told us. Tokyo, in your mind, Tokyo is? Um, disposable. <laughs> <laughs> disposable! Yeah, disposable, ambiguous. <laughs> Ambiguous, I like it. And polite. Polite. Okay. Disposable, yeah. ambiguous, and polite. Mm, and if I was going to elaborate on that, um, disposable, I simply mean people don't seem to use things more than once. It's like the moment they're getting a bit dirty, they're out. The moment they're not sort of running perfectly, they're out. There's no fixing anything, and there's constant fashion turn uh, fashion turnover with clothes and electronics and different things. Everything in Tokyo seems ultra new. Mm. So it's I call it a disposable society in a sense. So Always like in and out. It's a place where people are con constantly buying is it only material things, or is it uh, friendships and relationships and boyfriends and girlfriends? Uh, they come and they go, or is it, or is it clothes and is it uh, CD players and MP3 players? And I think I'm, I'm basically talking about 
inanimate objects, material, material things. things. I mean, mm. yeah. If you want to go into the a bit of the seedier side of maybe young Tokyo life's people. <laughs> To be continued in part two. Check for updates at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.